when the Lord has given opportunity and freedom to work and minister and move and manifest and He's given place, there are other things that don't fit in that atmosphere. I mean, they either change or they comply. You know, and, and, or, or run, or run from it. You know, in the book of Acts, we see when, when, uh, when Peter preached the gospel, it says that individuals were cut to the heart. I mean, there was something about that two-edged sword. It was the Word of God. It was the, the message of the gospel. But, but not all received it, but some did. But it would cut. It would, man, it, it gets right in there. The very presence of God has a way of distinguishing between those who are for and those who are against, those who are in and those who are out, those who, uh, th- those who are on the right side and those who are humble and those who are proud. Everybody listening now? And in, in, in this place, it's real good from a personal level. I seem kind of hot. From a per, volume-wise, from a personal level, uh, it puts us in a position sometimes to choose. To choose when we're faced with the God, the God way or the flesh way or the, any other way, uh, we're put in a position to choose. And then we have the opportunity to yield to the Spirit of God and change and get better. Or we're faced with a decision, uh, then we have another opportunity to resist that change, to resist that influence upon our life. God will influence us. His Spirit will move upon us to go a certain direction, but He won't force us into that decision. But He'll certainly, you know, in His love, kind of, you know, or maybe pushing's not the right way. Maybe it's this way. You know, pulling. He's certainly trying to pull us. But if we resist, and if you resist long enough, that tug goes away. But that's why individuals we see in Scripture, and, and what it, same thing in Scripture happens today every day. Okay? The Holy Spirit's the same. The Word's the same. These things work the exact same way as they did when we read the book of Acts. But people are constantly uh, making decisions to yield to the Word of the Lord, yield to what God says and, uh, to do and what not to do, or they are resisting. All right? Presence gets strong enough. The Word is preached bold enough with enough clarity, and it divides that 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 thing really crisp, really sharp, to where it's, it's very distinguishable. And then those who don't want to yield to the Spirit of God are manifest. And it's very uncomfortable. And so there's sometimes a striking out against it. There's sometimes, oftentimes that'll be against the person carrying the message. You know, they won't say it's against God, but it is. I mean, that's the way Jesus said this thing works. They'll come against you, even though it's really not you. But they'll strike against it to try to cover themselves, uh, to try to make themselves look good. They'll come against a person. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a good thing in this regard, that revelation of, of who is for me and who's against me. That revelation of who's on the Lord's side, who's not on the Lord's side, is important. I believe that that dividing line is being drawn in a greater measure in our day. And the closer we get to the return of the Lord, it'll be more and more clear. 
those who are walking with God, those who are in the light, and those who cannot any longer hide in the shadows, being kind of a believer and kind of a very worldly person. Because the presence of the Lord separates this. And I feel, you know, feel saddened for those who resist and fight back, fight against. As, 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 the, as the Lord said to Paul, you, you're, you're kicking against the goads or the pricks, right? These, those things. He said, you're fighting against this thing. He said, you stop it. <laughs> and I feel, I feel saddened for those who will fight against, but I feel very glad very happy for those who will see the dividing line and make a decision once for all. And those who will say, you know what, I'm tired of riding the fence. I'm, st- I'm tired of playing both sides of these things. I'm going to be in with the Lord and be all in. And experience then, huh, His blessing, oh, the glory of His presence that cannot be measured or compared to any natural thing in this life. Amen. That's what happens in the presence of the Lord. So it's a decision thing that happens in us. Praise God. Also, you know, the presence of the Lord, like we have. Uh, other things that are, of, that are not of God get pushed out. Other things get driven out. I mean even physical problems, mental problems, whatever, addictions and these kind of things are... You know, wrong thinking, all this stuff, the pressure gets put on it. I mean, every time you spend time in the Lord's presence, pressure gets put on stuff that is not of God. Why? The Spirit of God is driving stuff out. You, you, you remember sometimes when, uh, when Jesus would get around certain individuals who were demon-possessed. I mean, they were possessed. Now, how many understand possessed is different than necessarily oppressed? In other words, I don't mean necessarily just it was like that woman who had the spirit of infirmity where she had the back problem and, and she was bent over for a long time. All right, spirit of infirmity. Okay, that's different than a person being possessed. But when a person was possessed by the, by, by the devil... Jesus would come and the very presence of Him, and what happened? Those things would cry out. I mean, the pressure was put on. Presence of the devil, demon activity, and then Jesus walking in the fullness of the glory of His Father. Filled with the Spirit Himself in the same room. What happens? Who gets nervous? The Holy Spirit or the demons? See, the Spirit of God is not nervous. Huh? He's not concerned. He, he's not afraid. And so, you think about it, that God level of power and authority and might and dominion steps into the room. And what, are the, what, what, what does everything that opposes that do and think and say? It's like, oh, junk. You know, <laughs> And they probably say worse things, because that's the way they talk, you know. But, ah, 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 what's happening? Pressure. The glory of God influences in a negative way to the, na- to the, to the evil, to the darkness. It's that light that drives out darkness. And darkness is in the room, and it can't stand in the light, so, ah! Huh? 
Got anything evil working in your life today? It's screaming right now. I tell you, the pressure is being put on. Hmm? I tell you, the, uh, the pressure is coming. You ever been underwater? Felt the pressure? You know, I mean, you can feel it in the bottom of a swimming pool. Let alone if you, you know, scuba dive and stuff. And you go down there, and what happens? The pressure is just like... You know, you go down far enough and it'll just squish you. <laughs> the, pre- the, the, the pressure going, go, going down too low. Huh? Well, there's pressure on. Because we are going deep. Right? In, into the things of God and the presence of God. And the stuff that can't handle it shouldn't be there. Hmm? But I don't want to be the one that can't handle it. Meaning, I start going, oh, I can't handle this. I'm going back up. Right? Like if you were scuba diving and feeling pressure too much, you're like, oh, I'm not going down any further. (laughs) My head is feeling squishy. (laughs) Right? Spiritually, I don't want to be the one who, I'll look under, I'll look down there. But I'm snorkeling. (laughs) You guys have it. You know, go ahead. We need more people who can go down. Because the pressure doesn't affect us, it affects the junk in us. And if we love the junk too much, we don't like the pressure being on it. Mm. It might mess with our lives a little bit. Come on, how about he say, how many would say, mess with my life, Lord? <laughs> Anything that's not of you, let the pressure blow it off. Amen. And the devil doesn't stand a chance. He's already defeated and we're already laughing and so, psh. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. So it's good to go deep. It's good to spend time. It's good to let the Lord fill you until, I don't know, it's good. You know, I use the water illustration, but I usually don't feel it coming this way. I usually feel it coming this way. As far as the glory of God coming on me, and and it's about right there (laughs) tonight. Amen. And it's good. I like it. I want to go deeper. Amen. Let me share a couple things with you that I haven't shared yet. Uh, and then we're going to receive communion. Okay? I tell you, this is a good place. We're in a good place. Stuff's, I, I, just know the, I just know the Lord and how He works and, and the presence of God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I mean, stuff is... The wrong stuff is being driven from us. Anything that's not of Him. So we can go a little bit deeper. Amen. uh, Mark 16. I think I want to read two scriptures. Praise God. Mark 16. If you're new with us for a believer's meeting on these Wednesday nights, this is what we do. We just flow. We just listen. We wait. We worship. We sir, We listen. We prophesy. We, uh, whatever, whatever the Spirit of God leads us to do, and uh, and good things happen. Good, good things happen, and good things are happening. Amen. 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 Praise God. In the middle of this, you can and you can you can just. Uh, you know, was it last week we were talking about people experimenting with their own relationship with God? Was that last week? Yeah. God's not nervous. You know, in the middle of, uh, we get in the, the atmosphere of God, we worshiped Him, 
uh, you can just do stuff. What, what I mean, what, what, what I'm thinking, what I have in mind, but I know I say this somewhat regularly, but I want people to be bold with the presence of God. If something's not working, start using it right in the middle of this. I mean, if your jaw is giving you trouble, start, thank you, Lord. Praise God. Why? Because bad stuff is driven out in, this, in, in His presence. Amen. You know, uh, you, uh, Brother Hagen used to tell this story years ago about, uh, well, he's been in heaven for quite a few years now, but about ministering to this, this woman, and she was bedridden or wheelchair-ridden, I don't remember one of the two, but he had ministered to her a number of times in the, in the home. And they'd pray, and the power of God would fall so strong that literally the place would, literally the place would shake. Literally it would shake. And, uh, and, and then he'd go away and do, do meeting, then come back the next day or something, something, something of that nature. And, and, you know, she'd still be in her problem, still continuing with her bedfast condition and they'd pray and believe God and minister and the, literally the power of God would be so strong the place would physically shake and yet she'd still be sick I mean how, how can you have that much power that literally I mean I haven't seen anything shaking yet in here it's good but you know I haven't seen anything shaking you know I shook a little bit when I ministered to you but I haven't seen any physical things shaking and this happened a number of times and finally he 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 said something to to her to the effect of uh, next time I see you you'll be you'll you'll be walking. And and so left and went and did the meeting and she walks into the meeting. You know it's like what happened here. And she said, well I figured, you said the next time I see you I'd be walking so I decided to get up. <laughs> you know what what was going on there. There wasn't a lack of power, wasn't a lack of presence, lack of faith, a lack of these kind of things. The glory of God, was, the power of God was coming on this woman. She just had to act on it. She had to do something with it. And we can sit around and just say, woo, 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 or we could go, or whatever it takes, and get up. And people, that's why people can get up in the middle of God moving. Amen. Well, I'm always encouraging people, look for something to act on. We know about speaking the word. Don't speak death, disease, sickness, poverty, lack. Don't, don't let those, that's like, that's worse than cussing, right? You speak words of life. But look for, look for action items. Look for something to act on. What, what can I do? Not just copying what someone else did, but what are you going to do? Amen. I don't want to get off on that too long. It's good anyway. Mark 16, verse 15. This is right before Jesus went back to heaven. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach, what? The gospel to every creature. Preach the gospel. Not just preach. <laughs> preach the gospel. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will will be condemned. So you can see the option there. Gospel preached, and it divides, it divides people. Well, I want everyone just to be together in the whole world. Never going to happen. 
Never going to happen. Some will choose to believe. Some will choose to resist it. He'll choose to not believe. Faith is a choice. He said, and these signs will follow those. These signs will follow who? Those. (laughs) Not everyone. Signs don't follow everybody. He said, they'll follow those who believe. All right, who would that be? That would be me. I don't know about you. But I know it's me. <laughs> Amen. It's like, like we say sometimes, uh, the Bible doesn't say that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Right? So, yes, it does. No, it doesn't. It, the Bible said that. Paul said that. Paul said that he could do all things through Christ who strengthens him. He didn't say you could. Well, that's a strange look. <laughs> you saying I can't do all? No, I'm not. I don't. You have to tell me what you can do. Yeah. Paul said he could do it. I don't know if you can. You tell me. I know signs and wonders follow follow me, but I don't know if they follow you. Say, <laughs> so you're kind of making me mad, preacher. Good. Because if you'll stand up and boldly declare and say, yes, signs and wonders follow me because I am a believer, then I'll say, yeah, I guess they do follow you. All right. But we could take our time in here tonight, couldn't we? Uh, He who, let's see, verse 17 still, in my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly... It will by no means hurt them, and they, they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was uh, received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere. What did they preach? They did what he said to. They preached the gospel. How do we know that? Uh, because they preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through accompanying signs. Amen. So the word then that he's speaking of, what word did they preach? They preached the gospel word. The gospel means good news. So the words that they were preaching, we know that they were preaching the gospel because signs accompanied it. Uh, We know that they were preaching good news. Now, how many know there's different things to preach? Now, I mean, there's different things you can preach or teach, exhort, whatever, that are true, but not all of them are gospel. You know what I'm talking about? There are certain things that attract signs, as it's called here. These signs will follow them. Certain words attract the confirmation of God with a sign. Those words are good news words. And the good news was a specific message about Jesus and why He came, what He did, Him bearing our sin and all the curse, all that stuff, being nailed to the, to the cross, being raised from the dead, and being victorious over that. That's the essence of the good news words. Those words attract miracles or signs. They attract those signs. Everybody with me now? Now, here's kind of one of the thoughts I wanted to bring out. Uh, These signs will follow those who believe. 
And they went out and preached the word everywhere. The Lord worked with them. They didn't do it on their own. He worked with them and He confirmed the word with signs following. This is similar to some of those things I was sharing with you last week by inspiration about, about automation. All right, Certain activities, certain focus, certain attention given and placed in the right area has a, an automatic blessing associated with it. Has, it has fruit tied to it. In this case, it didn't say they went out everywhere praying that the Lord would work, that the Lord would show up, that the Lord would move. Hmm. What they did is they acted like Jesus was alive, like Satan was defeated. What they did is acted like what Jesus did worked. And they simply proclaimed it. When a person proclaims and says what is true, what is gospel, then there is an automatic confirmation of those things through the manifestation of the Spirit. What we have to get back to and recognize is that the things of God are not hard or distant or, or abnormal or something you have to be highly educated and really, really prepared to experience? No. What we need to get back to is the reality that His working and His power is directly associated with and connected to His good news. So what if I wanted to see, uh, what if I wanted to see demons cast out, speaking with new tongues, taking up of, ser- of, of serpents, and without going into that, don't just go looking for a snake. That had to do with being attacked in some places in the world where they have to deal with that. So we're not serpent handlers here. I want to just clarify things. Uh, if I want to see these things and laying hands on the sick, those are things, of course, we can initiate. Then, uh, then what must I be about? Saying, preaching, declaring. That, that doesn't mean necessarily with the pulpit, but declaring the good news. We need to pray that, pray that God would do miracles. No, we don't. No, we don't. We just need to share what Jesus did. You know, I was talking to one individual, and may might even be might even be here, and he 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 was uh, ministering in a certain uh, ministering to the sick, in a in association with a certain system and ministry and stuff. They pray for the sick and he was telling me how they did it. And I'm fully supportive of what he's what he does and everything and, and everything else. How they'd minister to the sick and uh, and so forth. And what I was surprised to hear was in, and he had the same thoughts, even without me saying anything, but uh, that, that they didn't actually speak to him first in the sense of preaching the gospel. 
telling them, giving them the word on healing, on what Jesus did for them, they would do some other things and, and then they would pray for them and, and minister that way. And, and I believe in that and thank God for what they're doing. But I thought, that doesn't make sense. Because it's, it's almost like, and, and they get some results, but I, I, I think it could be greater. This is my, just my opinion, not throw, throwing anyone under the bus. I think it could be greater. Uh, uh, I thought, that's like praying for God to do something instead of just acting like He did it. So now we proclaim it and minister it. We declare that Jesus is alive. That He has been raised from the dead. That He is victorious over all these things. And now we just act like it's true. This might sound simple, but that's the reason why we talk about these things. We talk about rejoicing and celebrating. And we come together, whether it's in a believer's meeting or even on a Sunday. And one of the biggest things we're here to do is go, (laughs) Woohoo! Look what the Lord has done. He has healed my body. He has made me whole. He has given me life and joy and victory. And I'm just here to celebrate. Come on now. And we gather together because it's a party. It's a celebration. And some people who are still suffering, that's a great place to be. About a, around a bunch of people who know how to experience God. Who know how to, who know how to apply His promises and His word to their own life. And they help them. Yeah. These things are automatic. They should not be viewed ever as, well, they're rare. And we just need to pray more. I believe in praying. I think we should pray more. If you want to go there, absolutely. All right. Uh, Pray more. These things. But listen, this is one of those automatics. I just do this and then he works. Amen. I I bet you there's already some things people, maybe I'll ask in a few minutes. Uh, I'll bet you there's already things that have changed in people's bodies since being here tonight. Why? Automatic. Automatic. That's why we have it all the time. All the time. I get testimonies. Sometimes we do them in here. Sometimes just people come up to me. This happened to me. Hey, this was going on. I got home and this happened. And uh, what? Automatic. But it's almost like it's not of human effort. Exactly. It's almost like we have nothing to do with it except believe. <laughs> right. Now go over to 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us. He has anointed us. And that anointing flows out and flows through. Verse 1, 1 Corinthians 12, 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. All right, now stop for a moment. Uh, Look at that. If you have a New King James or a King James Bible, I don't know how all the translations deal with that, but oftentimes you'll see words that that are italicized, all right? If you see an italicized word, that means that the translators added that word. Okay, it wasn't in the original Greek or Hebrew language uh, that they added the word because of context. And sometimes I think they did a good job. It helps the sentence structure to flow. Sometimes you can take it out and really kind of get a, an understanding of what's going on here. Okay, the word gifts is used later in this chapter, but there it's not. Okay, so now, now concerning spiritual brethren, 
That's the way it would literally be. Now concerning spiritual, and what that really means is uh, not just gifts, but really it, it can be said this way, things pertaining to and of the Spirit. Okay? In other words, he wants them to be aware of, conscious of, knowledgeable of spiritual things. They had some lack of knowledge. Then he goes on the rest of the chapter and he, he teaches. And he says there's nine gifts of the Spirit. Then there's these ministry gifts. And there's the body of Christ that works this way. Everything works together. And, and this, this is how this kind of stuff works. So he is teaching them. Then the next chapter he talks about the motivation of love. And then he talks about tongues and, and their use in a public service and prophecy and, and all these kind of things. He's giving them knowledge of spiritual things and their practical application in a church service and in their life. Here's the thing, though. Did these people, did this church, did they have any uh, experience with spirituals or spiritual gifts? Or was Paul bringing to them a new concept and said, you know, you guys don't know anything about spiritual things. You don't know anything about gifts of the Spirit. And, And so I need to teach you so you can start having these things manifest, and so you can start having prophecy and healings and miracles and all this kind of stuff in your midst and through your lives. Here's the thing. These people, these people already had all this stuff happening. You go back to the first chapter of this book, he said that they came behind in no gift. That means they were having church, they were living their lives, it means not just for services, they were living their lives, they were doing stuff and they were coming together and they were having prophecies and they were having healings and they were having uh, working of miracles and they were having discerning of spirits and word of knowledge and word of wisdom and all these gifts, all these things were happening, God was moving, they're having visions, they're seeing things, God was on display in their services, and it was a very powerful thing. The Spirit of God was freely working among these very carnal, ignorant believers. Because he said, I don't want you to be ignorant. What does that mean? You is. Right? You're ignorant. That's why I'm telling you I don't want you to be that way. And so I'm going to instruct you. I'm going to give you, I'm going to tell you how these things work. But prior to this teaching, I don't know if Paul gave it anywhere else. So that's the record, only record we have of it. But prior to this, was the Spirit of God working through people? Tremendously, powerfully, amazingly, stuff was happening. They were walking with the Spirit. It was normal. You preach the gospel and God shows up. You speak the Word and He is on display. And especially if you'll do it with boldness, if you'll be filled with the Spirit and speak with boldness, miracles happen and healings happen. It's the way it works. They needed instruction to kind of understand the kingdom and understand the spirit and understand an orderly, uh, proper way to have it when you're gathered together. But here's the point. They didn't need to be, and you don't need to be, highly educated to move with the Spirit of God. You don't have to have a, an in-depth knowledge of all things Bible spiritual, church, all this kind of stuff, in order to let God use you and move powerfully through you. Well, say, what do I need to know? Jesus and Him crucified. Jesus 
suffered and died, was raised from the dead, and He's in me, He's in my, He's in my life, and He's in your life, and He wants to move in your life too. What happens if I know that? If you'll, if you'll know that and be bold with it, God will confirm it. He'll, he will work with you and work with that message every single time. Is it helpful to know this stuff? Yes, but not if, not if we think, I've just got to learn more. I just need to understand it more. I just need to, I just need to study more. And so what happens is sometimes people, they're used of God. They're, they might be new believers, not even saved very long. And God works through them and they lay hands on people and, and God works through them and heals people. And just great stuff happens. And then they find out, oh, I need to study more. And so they go to Bible school or something and they, and they, and they get really deep into the Word and, God no, and God's no longer moving. You know what I'm talking about? This happens. This happens. People leave with a good intention because we should be we should study and continue to grow and learn, but they leave the simplicity of the gospel. Simplicity means it's not you. It's him. It's his word in my mouth that produces great things. Anything else I need to know? Nope. Go do that. And the moment you start learning so much that that stops working, stop learning. Until we, until we can recognize that all of our learning and growth and study and acknowledging all of these principles, they can be of great help in be, being well-rounded. But if, they're, if, it's, if we're leaving the power of God to get that, that something's, something's not right. So these people, again, already moving in power, already flowing with the Spirit, already doing all these things, moving with God, being used of God because they're speaking the Word. Even though they had a lot of issues in their life, they weren't altogether mature in spiritual things. They were still being used. And then they came back to learn about it so they can handle the power a little bit better. But I tell you what, a gun will shoot for anybody. Hmm. Now, if you don't know how to use it, you might shoot yourself in the foot or worse. Right? You might use things in an improper way and not handle things correctly. But the gun will still work. And I tell you, as a believer, you have a gun. You have the spiritual weaponry. You have the spiritual power and might of the Spirit of God in your life. So what's the result of that? Don't add anything to it. Don't try to make anything happen. Have the Word in your mouth and a, the Spirit of God in you fully. Being Spirit-filled and preaching the gospel produces results. Period. Don't try to add anything to that. We can learn about it. Great. Learn about it, understand it, and handle our weapon with more precision. You know, instead of, you know, you can learn how to, how to use that thing and understand it and, 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 and develop. But the weapon, the weapon does what it does. And I tell you, the gospel does what it does. It works. Scripture says His Word will not return void, but it was, will at work and accomplish what it was sent to do. So the word works in your mouth just as much as it works in my mouth or Paul's mouth or Jesus's mouth or anyone else. It's the word. The power's in the word. The, the reason things sometimes get hindered is because we start thinking the power is in my ability to explain it perfect and articulate it and do everything. I just need to slow down and study some more. No, keep studying, but 
Keep shooting in the meantime. Don't just study the book about shooting. Get out there, get out there on the range. Huh? After you're done shooting, sure, study it, learn about it, do whatever you need to do, but keep going to the range. The moment we stop going to the range, the moment we're, we're going to lose the application of this, which, which is what it was intended for in the, to begin with. Amen. It wasn't, I remember it wasn't, too, it wasn't too long ago, I was talking to some individuals, a husband and a wife, and, we, and somehow the conversation got, got off on being filled with the Spirit. And they started talking about, you know, how they wanted this. One person, you know, they had some different experiences, but they weren't able. They weren't able. They hadn't spoken in tongues. And they wanted to. They wanted to. I was, so I started explaining, well, this is how this works, and this is how, how this happens. And we started talking about it, and, and, and one of them said, well, yeah, I guess I, I just really need to learn some more. I said, no, you don't. Actually, you don't need to learn anything else. I said, I'm just going to come lay my hands on you, and we're all three going to speak in tongues. I said, so what happened? Well, we did. That's the way that works. See, I'm fine with studying how to use the gun, but I'd rather shoot it. And I'm not saying they have to be isolated and separated because, again, they can go together, but sometimes we trade the study for the apple for the application. We, stu- we, 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 we keep studying and learning and more. I just need to learn a little bit more. I just, if I can get a little bit more knowledge, a little bit more, a little bit more, and that's always a little bit more. We'll be standing in, in heaven. Little, oh, dang, it's too late. I'm here now. No more opportunity to shoot. Amen. Praise God. Well, the Lord is good.